0: Tricket is diep plezier, bij dankie. Ik waardeer het. Leester ek is 'n groot fan. Ek is ook bij trots ou. Ons loop al 'n lang pad vanaf jou UFC-debüt tot by die UFC. Ek is net trots. In wat jij so, like, op iemand doen voor MMA, mij hou dat is dat is wonderlijk. In ek kan net zeg bij dankie en mooi man. Dat is fantastisch.
1: Ja, ja, bij bij dankjes. Zo laat ik me de weer zien. Ek het ook hier gaan sê, is trots, want dit is vir die duplesies. <laughs> Ons kan dit ook sê, luister. Dit is een goeie oh, fun, hoor. Ja, yeah, precies wat jy sê, jy was daar gewees van my, van my jyl eerste UFC fight, UFC 21. Ja. Dit is UFC 21 gewees, en ek met my maat vir jou. So dit was in juli, dit was, was die 21st of July, ook, 23rd of July, eh, uh, 20,
0: 30. Ja, yes.
1: Ja, dit was 10 jaar terug. 10 jaar 10 terug. 10 jaar, jy, 10 he? jaar terug, he en kyk ja, nou wat jy nice. is, ek jy wil, is nice. ek
0: wil ek kon net sê, dit is, dit is, een eer vir my, om deel te wees daarvan, al het ek, het was altyd van die, van die kant af, maar, en jy is ook een fantastische mens, so, cheers man, baie dankie, cheers hoop jy genie die koffie daar, en koffie alles, geloof ja. yeah. yeah, so
1: ek lekker, ja, genies, ek sê, dit is, dit is een baie interessante ding, wat jy sê, dat hoe, onze vrienden geword, dier die sport, die vriende wat ek het, 90% van my vriende kring en die, ek kan hulle nou noem, my familie, is, dier die sport, vriende, Ousjes, Dirk Steenkamp, wat saam met jou gekomenteet het, (laughs) as ek, hy mis nie een fight, nie, hy is elke fight daar. Hy is al die volgende UFC (laughs) daar. Hy is daar, hy was die invoorde daar, ek en hy is het het beste vriende (laughs) geworden, dier dier die sport, as hy was ook saam met jou komenteet en toe hy Amerika te trek, en ek sta, en sy is ons vriende geworden, Ousjes etien, reineke, Gareth wat, wat, hoe nou saam met jylle oh, wat boy. ons as grootste enemies, had ook <laughs> in die historie van, van die UFC, en nou is ons net, want uh, on, hy help my prepare vir my fight, ons oefen elke week saam, hy help my waar hy kan, en geef ook sy input, as a, as a, wat al klaar daar was, gareth het vijf fights gehad ja. in die UFC, hy het al alles gesien, hy hij die experience, en dit is, uh, dit is uh, ook bij wie ek net kan leer, en nou, help ons mekaar om Zuid-Afrika, as een van my, op de val en baie net is is business is, like, is, it, is it the family. Engels
0: praat jammer. Afrikaans moet moet weet meer maar um the incredible thing for me now is you've got guys around you. You've got this circle of trust. Uh we know coach, coach Monet uh, is like almost a father figure to you. Absolutely. Uh, you've got an incredible team at CIT. You've evolved into this, and I'm going to say this again an apex predator because of the decisions you've made along the way. And I know the EFC, as you say, 10 years ago started that, but you're now in a position where you are headlining. Uh, I mean, you, you're on course for a middleweight world title at the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is the biggest promotion in the world.
1: Yes, absolutely, and I think that's that's something I'm more proud of doing, being able to do what I do out of, with, what I started with, mm. the same as I did in the EFC, and I always said it, that we as a team will do it. We will shock the world. We will show the world, and it's it makes me more proud to be a South African, uh, African residing, training out of South Africa with my team at CIT, with my head coach, Menefisa. yes, we added coaches as we grow bigger, as we, we get more professional. And I've trained all over the world. Mm. And let me tell you, CIT is probably one of the most professional teams, sporting units in the world. Uh, we try to be as professional as we can. with When it comes to training, sleeping, everything, and as a team, create this culture of we are not a small team in south africa yes we are from a small town small gym which as we started but when it comes to the training when it comes to mma we want to be seen as one of the best in the world and that's how we approach it
0: i think uh, with all due respect to those that have la- laid the foundation if you think of the fight for the militias you've got brothers in arms that are sort of finding their feet CIT is the premier MMA gym on the continent right now and the results speak for themselves and the athletes speak for themselves.
1: Yes, absolutely and and thank you for saying that. It's something that we've shot obviously we in uh, CIT and FFM had massive it's always been such a you know when we fought I mean I fought 6 or 7 of the FFM guys. I had one loss and that was against Gareth. I hope he's listening to this because I, I make him pay for it every chance that I get. If he's not looking, I'm trying to <laughs> hit him. I am about I'm, to say. I, I make him pay. You know, Gareth, he's a, he's a, he's a retired fighter. Um, I don't know if he's 100% retired, but listen, whenever we go, I try to get him back for that loss. <laughs> but, um, and it's always been a great competition. We always brought out the best at each other. And, uh, you know, they had the first UFC fighters uh, out of South Africa, but... CIT has definitely been more successful, mm. and you know, like you said, respect to everybody that laid the foundation. The Gareth McLellans, uh, Ruan Potts, all those guys that went there as as pioneers, gave us the opportunity to do what we do. And uh, at CIT, we it's been, it didn't just happen overnight. Yeah. You know, it was we had Leon Maynard, Matthew Opperman. For those who the hardcore, the, player, the legends, the legends, yeah. the legends of the game, the the guys that would fight three, four times on a night before EFC days. And those were my mentors. Those are the guys that I looked up to, that I trained, and that I learned from. And now we have guys that I brought up like that who I mentored, like Cameron Simon. Mm. And you can just see the difference. The training under these professional circumstances back then, we would train as hard as we possibly can, definitely over-training, killing your body. (laughs) And we had to learn so fast because we don't have the... We didn't have... In America, the sport's so old, so they've already known this. They have this figured out. MMA is a very big sport there. When I started at UFC, I mean, UFC uh, wasn't even on Supersport. It wasn't on, a, on any major channels. You had
0: to go to Stair Kenny Court to watch
1: it with a- your popcorn. Exactly. Or exactly. stream it on a dodgy internet so connection. So, <laughs> it, was, it was... And look at where it is now, where uh, MMA, you know, Supersport invested... It's so big in South Africa that Supersport invested in in um, buying the rights to to show the UFC. And I think it's booming this whole and that just made the sport bigger. Myself, Cameron and all the guys that ever since the UFC joined, now they don't just watch us anymore. They watch UFC as a whole and that is at the end of the day what what I love to see is the sport grow. Uh,
0: I've got to ask you, you said a proud South African, a proud African. Um, Is there an additional pressure on you? Because... When you walk out, and we'll have a look at some. Tyler's got a few of the, your, your fights, and, and thanks to Supersport and to the UFC for, for allowing us to, to show them. But I've noticed the South African flag is always draped over your shoulder after a fight. You're always giving a shout-out to, to people back home. Is there a bit of added pressure now, considering you 4-0 undefeated in, in the UFC, to continue flying that flag? Because um, it's a tough sport. There's huge pressure, and your opponents are getting tougher with each bloody card.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know the opportunity to be able to to lift that flag on that stage is is pressure enough. That, and you know people talk about the pressure of of representing South Africa. That pressure makes me perform. I love the pressure, and I don't see it as you have the responsibility. Of course, it is a responsibility, but I see it as a privilege. I have the privilege to be able to wear that flag on that stage. And obviously, uh, in the past two fights, they've uh, banned any flags of any sort. So we're not allowed to to wear the flag anymore. That sucks. But, you know, the only thing that I can do is make it known that I am the only real African in the UFC, if you consider. Yes, there's a lot of African-born fighters in the UFC, but who trains out of Africa? Myself and Cameron, we are the only two guys yeah. that train out of Africa, that fight, that are South African-born, African-born, African-raised. We have never, ever been trained by anything else. The air we breathe is African air. Yes, there's our champions like Usman, like Uzi. They were all born here, but they don't breathe the air. They don't face the 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 adversity we face as South Africans, as Africans, and they don't have the privileges we have. They don't have this beautiful continent that we have, and that's why I always say, and I get a lot of I get a lot of shit for her, I think <laughs> that when I say I'm the only African, <laughs> but um, uh, I think myself and Cameron, we truly are because yeah. we are the only guys residing here, and it's a, it's not only a responsibility to wear that flag on that stage. It's a it's a massive privilege, and to come back to the question of pressure, yes, there's a lot of pressure, but as the fights get bigger, the pressure doesn't get bigger for me. I always tell people. My debut fight was as stressful as my last fight because, at the end of the day, if you lose a fight, let's say I lost the fight to Brendan Lazar, which probably wouldn't have happened, but in MMA, we've seen this the bigger underdog, the crazier. Look at it gets. this,
0: uh, soldier boy.
1: I mean, look I have at no that. No way, I mean, exactly. I mean, nobody would have, would no have ever guessed that. There's uh this is the sport if you look at Leon Edwards Usman if you look at that fight like it was a it was a runaway fight and boom but if I lost that fight I would have never gotten the opportunity to fight in the UFC yeah because after that fight I would have had to work for at least four more fights so that would have been two one or two more years to prove myself so that fight equally as important as fighting Darren and in my last fight Mm. yes the stage is bigger more eyes and people generally think that is the pressure and that, that is pressure. the opponents do get better but so do i so the pressure for me of winning every fight is important as the next one fighting for the belt if i didn't win darren Zill, i wouldn't have, would never get the opportunity to
0: fight for the belt so every fight is equally as important well to me at least let's talk about your ufc debut uh tyler if you can just uh pull that up let's have a look here at the screen uh before we roll, I'll just, just hold on there, Tyler. Um, Drikas, tell us, short notice, Fight Island, COVID, not the best scenario. How were the nerves going into this one?
1: So big, big, big thing. I always tell people that this is the biggest opportunity of my life. So I was, luckily, when COVID hit, they said we had two or three days before the hard lockdown starts. The six week, It was six weeks at the end of the day yeah. where it was like everybody was just at home. And I'd phoned Cameron and I was like, We do not have the opportunity. We don't have the the luxury of sitting around because that's what's going to happen. I immediately thought, okay, what's going to happen now is everybody's going to be like, oh, can't train. Gyms are closed, everything. I went to the gym. I phoned Cameron. I phoned a few of the teammates. I said, move into my house for the next – because it was only three weeks at first and then went six weeks. Move into my house and we we went to the gym, got some mats got the airbikes, got kettlebells, everything we needed, <laughs> moved them into my garage, and I had three or four teammates move in. And we lived there for six weeks, and we basically had one big training camp while we were there. I mean, that was all we could do is drink beers and, and, and train. <laughs> so, And that is what we did. So we didn't have any fights lined up. Yeah. Obviously, we knew there was no fights going to happen. And I just had this feeling in me like something's going to happen. And at that stage, I would have done anything to get into the UFC because – I'm a three. I was a three-time How world. How close champion. were you?
0: Do you do? You, they were obviously keeping an eye on you. Um,
1: I think so. I, I just signed with my agency, but they, the UFC just said because PFL made me a big offer. Quite a few people made me a big offer to fight in the PFL season, but for light like heavyweights, and I said no. Well, I I wanted to say like yes heavy. because yeah because yeah. that's the that's the they didn't have a middleweight oh, series, I and I said cool that because uh, you fight like six four times in six well, weeks or something like it's that big dollars, and I said well the money is that's let's do it let's do it <laughs> because the UFC simply said we do not have place for you right now and I was like I'm going to go for the money then because I've never done this for the money in the US and BFL said if you end up in the top four at first I was like I'm not going to compete with the light heavyweights then I trained in America I was not America by the way with this and I trained with a guy that finished second the season before the light heavyweight guy and we trained together and I was just mauling this guy smoking and I was like wow now, it's a different tune. Yeah. This was a guy that used to fight at middleweight, and now, because of the season, the fights are so regular. That, um, and I was like, ooh, I can do this. Let's do it. And they have the opportunity to sign you for the next year if you, if you uh, end up in the top four. And UFC said to my agents, don't let him do that. So they were looking, but there was just no space. And they, I basically said, they said, he's on the shoulders. If somebody gets injured, we'll, put, we'll give him a yeah. shot. So I had to say no to a lot of, a oh, lot of wow. money. For, and I so, that's for, life changing money, yeah. Life changing, I would have, I could have retired after that just four fights because the Definitely. rand is, so yeah, exactly. So like I, I would have made crazy money. And I just said, and the UFC went like, if somebody gets injured, we'll give you a shot eventually. And I was like, so you're oh, going on a tough and man. I yeah. I mean, I phoned my dad, I phoned everybody, and I was like, what should I do? And my dad was like, I think you should uh, take the money, I think go for the money, yeah, go for it. I mean, there's always the UFC is still going to stay, you're still young. And when I just got that message, I just said, I don't care about the money. I, you know, I, I don't care about being the champion in BFL. I care about being the UFC champion. And the money will be there. The money will come if you just follow your dreams and do what you've got to do. And so what if I don't make the money? This, this is not why I started this. Yeah. And uh, the UFC phone, this was only eight months after that situation. <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> believing the UFC that yeah. they would call. And they phoned me the first day. They phoned me, we were, the gym open, and we, I mean, we were like, okay, cool, let's go to the gym, let's, just a few of us, open up the gym, get in there, and okay, nobody sees us. <laughs> and uh, so we've been in lockdown then for five weeks, and they said, my agents, I just see they phoned me, I'm like, why would they phone me this time of day, three, four times in a row, both of them? And I answered, and they said, listen, will you fight? Uh, how's your, they asked me, how's your weight? And I was like, my weight's great. <laughs> my weight was not great. I was just. Oh, what in are you going to say? Of course, oh, you were gonna I said say, no. My weight not- was amazing, and they're like, "Will you take a fight?" I'm like, "Where?" And they said, "No, you see," and I said, "What?" And they said, "Yeah, but a very short notice." I said, "Cool. Um, do I have time to go pack my stuff? Like, I'll fly. Out. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm flying out today. Yeah. This is a Monday or Tuesday." They said, "No, listen. You're flying out on Thursday, so we had ten days notice." I'm like, "Okay. I thought I had to fight that weekend," and. uh I'm so great. They said, okay, there's a few guys that put their hand up to, to step in. So, the UFC, it's not you definitely, but we'll no, let you know as soon as we can. And they let me know about a few hours later you got the fight. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's finally got that shot. And I'm like, I have to cut 10 kilos in 10 days. So, what did you do? No, not even more. 11 kilos in 10 days. So, how and do I, you drop that? I mean, I uh, immediately, obviously, the diet. and Yeah, sure. Um, no more beers. <laughs> 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 and uh definitely... uh we, w- the water cut was a, was a big one for okay, that yeah. for, for that fight. That was probably one. And then the other thing is thinking to myself, this is the biggest opportunity for, of my whole career, absolutely, by far. And this is the least prepared I've ever been for a fight in my life. I've never gone into a fight. That's the big reason when I go with the com- where my confidence comes from is I know I put in all the work. I'm always so prepared for whatever comes. And in this fight, I didn't have that confidence. I was like. I know I trained every day, but I didn't train for a fight. Sure. It was different. My sparring wasn't on par. I mean, we grappled every day and we trained and we did our fitness and stuff, but not for a fight camp. Yeah. So, Let I just told myself... <laughs> yes. And I just told myself, listen, I might feel unprepared but for this fight, but I've been preparing for this fight for the last 10 years. Since I was 15, 16 years old, this is what I've been preparing for. And... It will pay off. It will pay off, and I just—I didn't even think about it. I was like, "I'll take all of this in when I sign my contract. I'll enjoy the moment of signing for the UFC. Yeah. I don't have time to think about that right now. Right now, I have to think about fight. So I'll celebrate all that after the fight. Yeah. And the next day, well, I immediately let Monet know. Listen, head coach, we are—I got the fight, <laughs> and he said, "Okay, who are we fighting?" And I said, "I don't know." I didn't even ask who's the opponent I completely <laughs> forgot to ask who the opponent is that I'm fighting I just said yes to everything <laughs> and uh, he was ranked number 28 at that stage and that gave me a massive jump because he was an 8 fight I think he had 8 fights in the UFC mm-hmm. uh, never been finished so for me I've finished every single fight I've been in he's never been finished And now I'm like this is just great going with a guy that most of his fights go to decision he's never been finished now I go there with not the cardio that I want, and I have to go and try and finish this guy. <laughs> so I mean, there was a there was a lot of good things to take away to see that when the moment arises, I can I can step up to the yeah. plate. And that was that was the and you can see in the beginning of this fight that how it took me a while to find my to find my calmness. You looked very my, excited, very excited, and yeah. obviously fighting you see the the. the and this is the first time in my life that there's no crowd. So I'm yeah. like, what's
0: going on? That must have been bizarre. And
1: uh, this guy obviously took a very good advantage. He's a veteran. He took very good advantage and he was just on me immediately, caught me with a big kick. So uh, the moment was big and it took me about two minutes to find, to settle down and then I figure out, okay, you have to do what you gotta do. And it was almost like I was on the defensive the whole yeah. first two minutes. And then
0: Tyler, let's just roll that. Let's just have a look here at the end. Trick is you can have a sip there. Um but yeah, it's it, <laughs> when you watch it him. now, yeah, that sucks for him. Um but when you watch it now, you know, that must have been a huge moment for you because firstly it's your UFC debut. There's no crowd, you haven't got the preparation in because of the short notice. But man oh man, that's a W in the UFC. Yeah.
1: It looks pretty. It looks like it. I, I, can, <laughs> I, I feel I can, I, can, I can remember the moment so exactly. Like, I wanted to tell that guy that exact sentence. Hey, man, this is my first fight in the UFC. And I didn't even have tell. I wanted to tell that guy. And that guy's just like, stand there. You have to stand there. He doesn't care. Yeah, he but doesn't for me, care. it was it was probably one of the greatest moments of my, of my whole life is finally Dana White being there. That's mad, eh? Um, I didn't even tell him I wanted bonus money. I just said thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. That's
0: amazing. That's uh, amazing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a, it changed my whole life. It changed everything. Uh, And to go out there and get a, get that first round knockout, that is
0: even better. But then you started making knockouts uh, a Uh, common thing. I mean, this, this must've been a sweet one for you because I don't, I don't think a lot of people, when they saw Giles Duplessis and they were based on your first fight, they were like, Oh, this guy, you know, um, you know, that was the word in the media and, and the American press were like, Giles has got this. Um, but going into this fight, I think you were properly conditioned. You had, yes, you were fully prepared, and you had an idea of what the UFC oh was about.
1: What, what What happened to this fight at first? I, I think this fight was in July. Yeah, it was the tenth yeah. of July uh, yeah. of twenty twenty-one. I get the date now. Yeah, you. it was international fight. with 10th got it. of July.
0: Not a bad card, eh? It po- was an amazing po- po- a- card. Uh, McGregor. McGregor <laughs> and, uh, You know, <laughs> the
1: first time I went to watch UFC was Conor versus Cowboy, and that was the first time I was in the United States to go watch an uh, event live, and I knew I wanted to. I had to be there it felt amazing so we were set to fight in April also it was also a big card but then my visa got declined because of COVID we were on the red list as a country and um, it sucks that I only found out a week before the fight that we're not going so I did the whole preparation always started cutting weight and but (laughs) you know that's part of the game that's part (laughs) of the game and luckily and this fight I wanted this fight because he was on a four-fight win streak and he was really doing great things and One thing I realized why my fights, my stand-up has been shown more in the UFC is a lot of times when I fought in the smaller promotion like EFC, the guys would uh, almost, you had a better chance on the ground because there's time to think. It's not a one shot and it's over. So guys would get nervous or the pressure would be too much and it would end up in a clinch or on the ground and even for me. And in the UFC, guys aren't scared of who they fight. Guys aren't. They said, I'm fighting Driggers." When I was in the UFC, I was champion for five or six yeah, years. Dominant. And uh, double division champion. So people were like, I'm fighting Driggers. I probably should, let's clinch it up. And then the fight would just go from there. And in the UFC, the guys, everybody can strike, everybody can wrestle. To get the guy to the ground is not that easy. So striking is more engaging, if you will. Yeah. Say, uh, when UFC guys are more, I would say the guys are a little bit more hesitant in okay. like. Engaging and yeah. the striking. We in the UFC, the guys are engaging, and that gives me the opportunity to to pro- get the proper stand up in. And you know, being a massive Conor McGregor fan and what he's done for the sport, this was probably one of the coolest moments yeah. of my life, being able to meet him and and fight on that card, and uh, ultimately and getting
0: a performance bonus on yeah, that was, card. Which that is amazing. That is. Uh, yeah, here we go. I mean, it was like oh. I think the whole of South Africa went mad this, at this that is, moment.
1: <laughs> Uh, It happened so fast because fighting him was really hard. He's really a hard guy. I knew after the first round that if I got him on the floor, because he he was a lot smaller than me, and I could feel there was some wrestling exchange. I took him down and had his back uh, for the last 30, I would say, minutes uh, of the first round. And I just knew that no matter how sour things went, if I can grab him, I can take him down. And on the ground, I'm just miles ahead of me, yeah. i could feel it you can feel somebody's strength i could feel his skill and i just knew if it hits the deck i'm winning the fight 100 yeah. percent. and in second round i i went in not with that mindset at all i just said if i get caught with a big punch if i see i'm behind on points because i knew i won the first round i'll take this fight down to the ground because that's where i'll get my my easiest way to victory yeah and uh yeah, the, the the striking was hard with him because he moved so much. He's really, he has really fast hands. Yeah, he has his good hands hand. yeah, are yeah, so yeah. fast. <laughs> you could see that, in, especially in the first round. So that's why you'll see in that fight, I did a lot of low kicks, kicking the leg. I took away a lot of his of his speed. In that first round, was really hard to catch him. Like he just got out of the way out of everything I threw. In the second round, I could see now I'm starting to catch him. He's he slowed down a little, and uh, yeah, he 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 had me backed up against the fence and landed some big shots, but. Uh, I think he, he was too comfortable
0: and yeah. Let's and, just roll that yeah. again, Tyler. Just because uh, y- y- yeah, he did have you any any off balance yeah. and and boom. You can't
1: stand there with your hands down. <laughs> no, you, you know, can't. You see uh, with yeah. the with the way he fights, his his hands is low, so you can move a lot with yeah. the, with your hands down low. The big problem with that is you can't be in range with that because with those small gloves and with the big boys in middleweight, if you get caught, it's over. Yeah, it's over.
0: I mean, there we go. That's that's another W. I mean, after this, you must be feeling like I'm I'm on top of the world here, uh, guys. I,
1: there, I was like, listen, guys, be knowing people were like, this guy is a crazy striker, this guy has crazy power, and I was like, finally, the knockouts are coming. And the knockouts and are you coming. You gave it a little brush. Off yeah, there, I or was yeah. like, yeah, knockouts coming, and uh, also because I at that stage I think uh, six. Uh, before this fight, six knockouts and nine submissions, and now it was seven and nine. Seven and nine. And I yeah. said, okay, now it's getting where <laughs> I need to be. I'm getting where I need to be. That was getting the, amazing. the submissions and the knockouts 50 50. That's a great ratio.
0: And after that, now in the UFC, you're going, okay, cool. I, I, I'm understanding where I fit into this massive machine because everyone I've spoken to, they said you get looked after incredibly well. I mean, everything's sorted. All you have to worry about is rocking up and fighting
1: yes yes absolutely and another thing was at the end of the day that is such a like you said a wild wild machine that you do get looked after very well but at the end of the day you have to realize that you're a small piece in that puzzle and you have to do your part yeah just like all the staff at the UFC is incredible like everybody you don't see that with with, uh, I would say client service ever as I'll walk past somebody that works just with the UFC shirt on there's Thousands of people like this, everything is sorted. You think, uh, let's say I used to braid my hair. They would be like, oh no, the bra- hair braid guy. And I had to look everywhere. We fought in London, where I had to find a salon to do it. Yeah. And uh, the UFC, they're like, oh no, that's the hair braid guy. Go to, go <laughs> to awesome. him. Everything is sorted. <laughs> yeah. But you walk past uh, anybody and I need to go somewhere, I'm not sure where it is, and ask, sorry, do you know where this room is? He doesn't say, just left, right there. No, he tells you, he says, hello. He's friendly, and he says, "Let me go show you." We'll, we'll turn around, walk you to it. So the, they have a very, very competent team, and I've, I've spoken with the, with the guys. And uh, when we celebrate afterwards, uh, had some drinks with some of the guys that work for USC, and they said it is so awesome to work for, for Dana and the USC. He demands perfection. They said, "Listen, it's not an easy work, of course, but he looks after his people, and the USC looks after you very well." If but they expect perfection and that's why the UFC is doing so great, because they look after their people and they and they expect nothing other than the best. And that's the same. Yes, those are guys who are working with the admin. Where me, I'm a big part of what makes this country this company, this machine work. Yeah. And they trust in me. That's why I've only had big f- cards. I, I truly believe that. They see my fights and they go, "This guy puts up exciting fights." This guy comes, shows up. That's a that is a privilege you get to be able to get that kind of exposure. I mean, they could have put me on random yeah, fight nights. Yeah, you could have been and, a fight night here and yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So but you've just had numbers. I've I've only had numbered events yeah. after my debut, yeah. and uh that means they
0: they like what I'm doing, and I have a responsibility to go out there and and, and perform and. But it genuinely looks like you're enjoying, you're loving what you're doing. I mean, I think you're personally a little bit crazy to go in there and fight. But I I respect what you do. And it's part of the content of the UFC. And that they can put out these fights that are sold out stadiums, wherever they are in the world.
1: Yeah. And like I said, uh, I only started finding my feet in there very recently. I would say the Brad fight did me so well to go to a decision for the first time in my career. That was a war, by the that way. That was that was that was insane. And getting that ring time in the in the UFC and and in the top fifteen yeah. with a guy that's had over twenty one UFC fights. He's a veteran, and there he's fought all the champions to who is who. Tough son of a. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. But at the end of that, I needed that yeah. because my first two fights were over so quickly that I was still just fighting. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't finding my feet. Yeah. Every time I stepped in the UFC cage, I would feel. Do I really belong here? How good are these guys? Maybe I got lucky in my first fight. Second fight, yeah, maybe two. I caught that guy. But now I'm fighting guys. I'm fighting Brad Tavares. So I go in there. I don't feel, I don't know where my place is yet. I don't feel when I fought in the EFC, when I stepped into that cage, I would feel unstoppable. You're the main man. I'm the main man there. Yeah. I know my opponent is scared to fight me. I know my opponent, he can act all tough. I know he's threatened by fighting Driquez de Blessing. I, I, I could see it, I could feel it. Mm. The crowd was always behind me. Uh I had a home there. That 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 cage in the, the EFC ring was my kingdom. Yeah. And it I didn't have that going to the UFC for sure. And the last fight with Darren Till was the first time I actually felt, listen, I belong here. That's good. Cool. And I, I looked at Darren Till, a guy who I admired my my whole career coming up. He's one of my favorite fighters. And I looked across the the cage and I saw him there and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm fighting Darren. That's cool. Probably one of the <laughs> yeah. most famous guys in the whole absolutely. sport. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm fighting him. This is this is absolutely amazing. And and you almost finished him early doors. Exactly. And now I know I belong there. And in yeah. that fight was the first time after the virus fight, because I, I I rated the virus very highly. He was on that same card, and I was like, I oh, know I'm going to fight him at some stage, and he is really good yeah. everywhere. And uh, after that fight, I I said. Now
0: these guys know That's cool. no matter what happens. I'm, let's let's I have, I have a quick look there. Let's have a quick look. Take us through it because I, I'm also going to ask you that moment when the floor manager goes, it's time and you start your walkout because there's a story and, and Cameron let it slip um, that you're not allowed to play your walkout song in the gym ever ever, because if it pops up, <laughs> it's like a switch. It's, it's a you. switch. It's a switch. <laughs> definitely. So. so tell us about your walkout song, how you got it, how you so, chose it. Um, I don't know how I
1: chose it. Oh, I heard the song and it's not a very famous band. I have a, f- uh, a friend who's really into like rock music. I like rock music and he discovered this band. And listen, they're big in Australia. It's an Australian band and I guess in the world, but they are not what you would call a mainstream band. So it, it's a very, they're like a modern day ACDC, I would say. They still do the rock okay. and uh, leather pants, no shirts, yeah. big <laughs> speakers behind them when they sh- they do their rock shows and they have this song and... The song is just a perfect fit, and I've walked out with that song. I had from my fourth ever fight. I had four different songs, and that was the fourth one. And ever since, that was the that's the one. So that song, it gets me so fired up. And if you hear it, it's always like it's so perfectly fit for a walkout. That but I don't. I refuse to listen any other. Ever.
0: Un- unless it's go time Unless
1: it's go time Because yeah. that
0: song means go time And So what is this song? Sorry, just for our viewers It's called uh,
1: Live It Up by Airborne Okay, we'll Live It Up by Airborne, Airborne. Okay. Yes.
0: And it's uh, Go give it a listen You'll see You'll understand why I chose it I, I'm going to listen now on, uh, on my way home But um, it's funny Because apparently It came on the one day In the gym And everyone was like Scattered Yeah, everybody was, was like sparring gym. People <laughs> were <was> like Put <laughs> off that music
1: I have to spar him now <laughs> So, yeah. It's, uh, and, no, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's, 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 it's how it should be. Uh, you have to have your cues to yeah. when switch on when Absolutely. you switch off. You can't be switched on the whole time. You'll burn out. You can't be switched off when you get in there because these guys will be <laughs> will make you pay for it. But you were switched on in this fight. I, I was mean, switched on in this fight. Yeah. Tyler Actually, just it, rolled that a bit there for us. The, the first round was so tough in this yeah. fight. Um, we had a game plan and it
0: didn't work. Yeah, this is the closing sort of of yeah. it now. I mean, respect. That was a war. Yeah, that was such a war. Uh, I mean, that's just... Look at it, it's a so mess. Much blood! Wow. You just, I mean, you just went to town, but he took everything. I mean, you ate, there was knees, there was elbows, just there was everything. So
1: I landed some of the hardest shots that I've ever thrown on him. And I knock out guys bigger than him, heavyweights with 18 or 16-ounce loves. That's four-ounce loves. And I just landed solid knees, solid elbows, solid overhand. I just threw him with everything in I mean, I dropped him in the s- end of the second round, right. and I have a mark here on my knee where I took his tooth out. Was, <laughs> yeah, in the second round, I felt something in my knee, and I went, "You'll see." At the end of the second round, I need him just yeah. on the bow. and I had—I to, took out his tooth, no way, in my knee. <laughs> and I looked at it, and I was like, "I want to keep it, but I don't have any way to keep yeah. it right now." And I just threw it on the on the canvas. Jeez. I had his tooth on my knee.
0: That's insane. It's but a tough dude, tough M- mad dude respect, crazy respect for him, man. Uh, did you guys have a beer afterwards? Uh, we
1: did not, but I, I actually uh, saw him now again uh, when I was at the PI. Okay. He was preparing for a fight, and we had we had a nice talk. And he's a he's a really nice. Has guy. he healed up? Because I'm he's sure healed up, he healed up. He was supposed there. to fight now. I couldn't believe how good his face looked. After that. I thought <laughs> that guy
0: is getting some sort of surgery because his face looked terrible. Yeah. But this is another moment. I mean this this. Must feel incredible.
1: This is the first time ever going to decision, so I, I wasn't really comfortable with waiting <laughs> for the results.
0: I was like, "What? What do I do
1: now?" Because I, ha- yeah. But what's great is I didn't have any doubt that I won that yeah, fight. Yeah. I knew I, I, won. I knew I lost the first round, and I definitely knew I won. And there's it's a man who's
0: played a huge role in your career. Hey? The
1: biggest role. I mean, the only coach I've ever had, the the man
0: that taught me everything I know. Yes. Yeah. And then, obviously, meeting someone you idolize. I mean,
1: yeah, meeting Joe Rogan. This is the second time uh, speaking to Joe Rogan. It's uh, the first time I was just so um, starstruck when I yeah. met him. I, I didn't even listen to the questions you asked me. I was just like, "It's so cool to meet you, Joe Rogan." I could tell that. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's buzzing. Yeah,
0: so I mean, no, it's great, man.
1: It's uh, It's it's been such a, a awesome journey. Yeah, Look there, that's five. A...
0: You want a five wit, uh fight win streak there? Yeah, seven and two, and then. The big dog Darren Till was floating around.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that was that was that was a good something fight. else. Eh? That was that was great. Uh, the, it's when they when they first. I, I always knew I was gonna. We always because Cameron is also a big fan. We will give him a lot of trouble for it. He's a big <laughs> fan of Darren Till, okay. So one time uh, we asked uh, Henny asked him, um, what the team manager he asked him, who's your favorite middleweight fighter? And he said. Uh, this was before I was in the UFC, and he said Darren Till. He thinks Darren Till is his favorite. And he asked, Henny, and you, and then he said, Drigas. I think Drigas, <laughs> and everybody looked at Cameron, and Cameron's like. I thought you said in the USC. Uh, and, and he was like no 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 and they just couldn't the team couldn't wait to tell me oh, wow. you wouldn't believe what Cameron said Cameron said Darren Tool will beat your ass Wow! and he's like I didn't say that <laughs> and they're like well he's your favourite fighter Drinkers is mine yeah. he's our favourite fighter here we go and so I was always like Cameron, I kn- we we made so many jokes in camp saying Cameron. Whenever I spark, Cameron has to go out. When we do new techniques for a uh, game plan for the fight, Cameron has to go outside because I know he's going to fool me and he's going it. to send it to Darren too because he wants Darren to win. He put his money on Darren. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, fighting that fight is is uh, absolutely amazing. It was my uh, breakthrough. I think this was that was a that big test. He was a, a gatekeeper. With at the stage where he's now and people were very um, looking very much looking forward to his, his yeah. return after training with Kamzat
0: they almost yeah him and Kamzat are so close and yes. hanging out and people were like cool Drake is just going to be a speed bump
1: he's going to that's exactly sort of it vibe. and I think that's why they took this fight Darren was like cool I don't want to fight any killer right now. I'm gonna fight this random guy from South Africa. Kelly doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> random guy from South Africa, and get my get back in the willing, willing column. And that's why they took that fight yeah. so easily. And obviously thinking I'm a striker, and they they've been training wrestling. Yeah. And with this fight, I I, I wanted to make a, prove a point because uh, in the Brad Tavaris fight, I uh, I screwed up my my wrestling a little. I, I landed on my back, and I told uh come here in the fighters' meeting before. Uh, the toll fight, listen, watch out. I'll show you that I can wrestle and I had to make sure. You know, Darren Till, yes, his wrestling is not not the greatest, but he's been working on it, obviously. Training with Kamzat for two years. And then of course Robert Whitaker fought five rounds with Till. Robert Whitaker considered a very good wrestler yeah. in the division. The Reaper? Yes. He's probably one of the best fighters in the division. He had four takedown attempts on Till and he landed one. Four or five takedowns. He landed one. He had three seconds of control time. And Darren was back up to his feet, and Darren stuffed every other takedown. And I had six out of six takedowns on there. Until every one I attempted, I landed, and that that just gave me once again. Because you look at these guys on TV growing up, and you know idolizing these guys, and now I'm fighting. That I'm not only looks, like fighting in the middleweight yeah, division now. <laughs> no. These are all the guys that I'm fighting within the next year. Yeah, I'm the top five right now. I'm fighting top five guys, uh, contenders. This is a business end. So this is the. And now that gives me the I feel, hey, that's a that's a tap on my shoulder saying yeah. Whittaker couldn't take him down every time. He only could, he could only take him down once. I took him down six times out of six. Uh Derek Brunson tried to take him down six times, he only landed two. So it gives me a, a, a certain sense of I do belong here
0: and I, I am I have something to give these top dogs and that's a beating. Yeah. No, absolutely. So that did, did you think and unfortunately we don't have uh, the tilt fight, but Did you think, because a lot of people, like that first round, that early exchange, it was done, it was over. I I was shocked,
1: I was shocked. I grabbed him, because leading up to the fight, I said, a lot of times I said, okay, he's too small for a middleweight, and he was, he was too small for a middleweight, he's not strong enough, and there was a lot of mind games in that. When I saw him in the cage, I realized he's definitely not a middleweight, but when I grabbed him, I didn't expect expect that to happen. We didn't even plan on a a quick, uh, early wrestling exchange at all. It just happened in the fight. And I grabbed him and I started punching him. And I was like, okay, he's probably going to do this. And he didn't do it. And then he tried. And I was like, where did the strength come <laughs> from? And I probably got some <laughs> adrenaline strength yeah. then. He couldn't move. He couldn't get out. Yeah. And I, I, I landed a punch. And I was like, this can't be. This is He's setting me up for something. And I landed one punch, two punches. Is after that going like through your two, mind the whole 100%, time? 100%. The first few punches, I was like, what is he doing? Yeah. Because this is not like, this he's can't just be. Taking what he's, doing. Shots. he's just taking yeah. shots. Yeah. And after like five or six shots, the ref goes, improve your position, that's a warning of that comes before, yeah. I'm going to stop the fight. Yes, And I said, okay, well, this is great, and I started going for it. And then I caught him with a big punch, I could feel the punch, yeah. and he went, I buckled his knees, and I was like, and the ref went, improve your position, I'm going to stop the fight, and that's a final warning, and yeah. I just went for it. <laughs> and I'm glad they didn't stop the fight, because that would have been a controversial stoppage. Yes, yeah. And I could feel Darren was still in it the whole time. I made he- I buckled his knees maybe two or three times. During mm-hmm. where I caught him with big punches, I landed sixty punches. So <laughs> no, it, just, it was a it was one it, way traffic. People are like, "Okay, cool, you blew your load a little in that first round." And I'm like, "You can't, you can say that I did it. Uh, like, I wasn't stupid. I wasn't overexcited." Yeah. The ref was warning this guy that he's going to stop the fight. Yeah, have to go yeah, for the finish. Exactly. So, um, and uh, obviously a very ten-eight round for that yeah. for that first round. Then second round came out. Uh, I don't know if it was the quick adrenaline spike from that first round if it was something went wrong I have no idea what it was or maybe it was I don't know but my legs I didn't feel tired in that second mm-hmm. round my legs were it felt swollen my legs felt I felt so slow it, yeah. my legs felt wobbly and I just realized Darren Tull me with a big elbow and I thought okay he doesn't have that much punching power Yeah, that's good I'm better off taking a few shots now and concentrating on recovering than trying to fight this guy yeah and that's what I did. I just remained, I would have liked not to take so many punches, but <laughs> he started landing. His striking is really world-class. He's yeah. one of the best strikers in the in the, in the the world. And what happened, he caught me with a big one-two. And at that moment, he landed straight on my jaw. His, his, his left hand is very, very fast. And he landed straight on my jaw, and I just realized, there's no way he can knock me out. I'm very tired and unstable on my feet and he right hasn't, now. Yeah. And he landed two or three big shots and I wasn't wobbled at all. It didn't bother me. And I said, Well, this is great news. Because if he was <laughs> a big puncher, I would have been in trouble yeah. right now. And I was like, I'm gonna recover. I'm gonna use this time to recover because there's no way he knocks me out. Yeah. And it took me about two minutes, two and a half minutes of that second round, and then I got the takedown again and things got back. Third round, I was back on track. And now I could see uh the pressure was taking it toll. Third round, I felt great. I got in there. Listen, that's, after that second round, I was sitting in the in the corner, and my coach was like, listen, you have to finish this fight yeah. now. And I was like...
0: I'm sure he said it in a different way. Yeah, <laughs> he said it in a different way, and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> like, okay,
1: I'm going to try. I don't want to be here for another five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as the round progressed, after the first minute in the third round, I could feel my energy being back. I felt, oh, okay, yeah. now. And that's when he started fading, and yeah, and uh, the submission came so I, I got that takedown when I actually I started that's when the, the stand up exchange also started catching him a lot yeah, in yeah. that third round I was taking the lead and I could almost see in his face he acknowledged one of my punches that was really hard uh, uh, one of my punches he just he nodded his head and I could see that was not a nod of wow nice punch it was more of a nod of fine you win yeah that's it a, was. It's... I could see it in his eyes the way his body language how he retreated and how he said well done it was almost like okay fine you win the fight and, yeah
0: the takedown and the submission was basically just putting the cherry on top. That yeah. no, was impressive, man. And that was yet another win. And that sets up now What March 4th is a massive fight against Derek Branson. What, what are you expecting from this guy? Because he's been around a long time. He's a dangerous, he's a dangerous athlete. He's in the top ranks of your weight division. Um, and he's a guy you need to get past if you are to continue your upward trajectory.
1: Yes, absolutely. I've trained uh, with him at Sanford with Henry Hooft. and yeah, so you know Teemo the guy. There. I know him yeah. very
0: well. But he's a nice guy.
1: And make no mistake, Derek Branson, a lot of people almost writing him off in this fight, I, I feel, just because he's, he's old. He's 39 years old. So he's at the back end of his career, and he's probably going to retire. Uh, maybe after this, maybe not, but soon. But people are like, "Yo, Jared here destroyed him. Blonde Branson was this. And I'm like, okay, Jared here. Is the number three right? I was about to in say. the like. Yeah. He's no joke. Nobody else has beaten Cannonier yeah. except for Whitaker with a decision, and uh and the champion. Cannonier is a badass guy. Yeah, he went at this a little, he went five rounds at the champion recently, and I mean Branson has only lost to Easy. Went on a eight fight win streak number one contender and lost to um Cannonier in the second round, where he won the first round. He did. He convincingly he dropped him and he took him down two or three times. So people are like, "Yeah, Branson is a washed-up fighter." I'm like, "He's no washed-up no up ways. fighter. He's no washed-up fighter. He is." If you look at his fights, that guy goes in all, all in. There's a lot of holes in his game. His wrestling is extremely well. He hasn't been taken down in the UFC. He fought uh Olympic gold medalist uh, Yoel Romero, took Joel down four times. Yoel had five attempts on him, couldn't take him down once. Yeah, I mean, that is insane. So that says a lot. The man can wrestle, and he's really good at it. And when he's on top, he he was 37, 38 years old fighting the youngster Edmund Shabajan. He had people were making so much up I think he's 23, 24 yeah. years old. This guy was killing everyone, and Brunson just mauled him. He put him he just it, was, it wasn't even a fight. It yeah. looked like the guy didn't belong there. Yeah. So I'm not underestimating him at all. He's number five in the world for a very, very good reason. And once again, this is a big test for me. They've given me strikers, a lot of them. Yeah. From Giles to Till and, and Tavares, all strikers, I think, uh, this is a big test for me. They want to see how diverse my game is and this is where I'm gonna shop them. Is...
0: I'm
1: I'm excited to to, to <laughs> prove it. I'm excited to prove it. I'm excited to show them that if you thought my striking was something to be worried about, watch until you see this. And
0: so I've been having a conversation with a few of my mates um, about your path. We're all convinced, and maybe—and I would touch wood—we're convinced this is probably the best opportunity for you to get middleweight gold because Izzy isn't in a good space, uh, from what I've seen. The last performance has clearly rocked the boat. There's lost to Pereira. For you, get past Branson. All of a sudden, you're in that number one contender sort of space. And all of a sudden, that goal, that dream is not far away. 100%. Uh, I always said I want to be UFC champion before the age
1: of 30. I'm 29 now. And that was that's when the new year came. I said 2023, I will be the UFC champion. After this fight, I have no doubt I'm going to fight for number one contender spot. I honestly believe that I saw out coming into conversation now. I don't see why Kamzad is even in close with a... Yes, Kamzad is a good, fighter, a good fighter. But who has he fought? He hasn't even fought A-ranked opponent at middleweight. No. Not one. What was the Burns fight? That was That's Walter, Walter. Yes, exactly, and yeah. uh, honestly, I don't <laughs> think he won that fight. But now they want him to fight Robert Rittke. I'm, I'm happy with that. That'll be a great fight. It'll be a great fight. So after this, I'll probably fight... I think... The loser of Izzy and Pereira is not getting an immediate uh, contender fight. They're yeah. probably fighting somebody else, and uh, I'll probably fight the winner of Kamza and Whitaker next. <laughs> that's, that's that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's, that's 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 where where the talks are. And after that, there's no denying uh, the fact that uh, that I'm I'm fighting for the belt after yeah. that. So it's this fight another fight. So within the next three fights, I'll be fighting for the belt. I'm 100% certain of it. I I have this feeling in me that, and big chance are it's going to be in South Africa. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's 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 imagine the, that's the well, I mean that's the dream. That's that's what I set out in the universe. That's what I'm telling myself. After doing what I've done, there is no denying. Why would you keep it, have this fight anywhere else than the, uh, the South Africa? Yeah. the guy that's an altitude first would South be Altitude will be great. Those guys are going to have a terrible (laughs) time. They'll have a terrible time over here.
0: Um, Jake is, we've got to wrap up soon, but quickly, I was blown away just to get back to the the CIT professionalism, your sleep cycle stuff. Yeah. How tough is that? Because I know when Cameron was preparing, it was like up at a certain hour then sleeping at a certain hour.
1: Yeah, it it, it was crazy. I mean, when we, every fight, we realized, uh, we have to do this. We have to, it's something that luckily we thought about and you'll be surprised how little people do it the champions I speak to the uh, conditioning guys uh, at the PI the guys that go the UFC's guy uh, the guys that do your, your foods your nutritionist everything and he says when I told him we did it and he was, you were so shocked he was like wow somebody that actually did that he says champions rock up there fight weak sleep schedule completely screwed because they didn't even think about it here we are And that's why I say professionalism, we cover all corners. And uh like I fought we work out. I fought fought the first fight on the main card, my last fight, that I think that was 3 a.m. Yeah, three o'clock in the morning in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So that means my body needs to peak at that stage. Because if you fly over there, your body, 3 a.m. Well, eight o'clock at night, your body still thinks it's three a.m. Yeah. That's it doesn't matter. So we start two weeks out from the fight we start adjusting our sleep so I'll train and that's where once again the team the family the people the whole team rocks up there coach when rocks up there training partners rock up there cornermen rock up there everybody comes even the guys that don't train they comes they support they rock up there all sleepy (laughs) wake up Cameron has to be that one because he fights earlier trains at one goes his fight distance everybody waits around I come there I rock up there at 2 warm up get my body peaking at 3am train from 3 to 4 then go back home and that then we sleep so the big problem with that is there's so much stuff to do during the day you have to get everything sorted for traveling but yeah. now you're sleeping the whole day because you have to stay awake you can't sleep wake up and then go no. train because that's not how you're going to do it yeah. I'm not going to be sleeping before the fight so my whole day and night completely switches and I'm a people's person. I get bored very quickly. So now I'm sitting there throughout the whole night alone and I'm forcing my brother, my friend. I'm like, "You have to stay up with me." He's like, "I'm working tomorrow. Yeah. There's no way I'm staying up with you." But uh yeah, it's the, it's part of 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 what we have to do because we have such a massive time yeah. difference between South Africa and well, anywhere else in the world.
0: And you've got a huge opportunity and I wish you all the best, uh, Trickus. March the 4th, 285. It's a huge number. Um I wish you all the best and thanks for coming in and the incredible work you've done. Thank you for always being available. Thank you for um, bringing back my UFC walkout hoodie from Vegas when you're done. That's still sitting in Vegas. I, but I I'll forgot talk to it. you about no, that. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks very much and good luck. Travel safe.
1: Thank you so much for having me and thanks for the support. And I'm uh, definitely bring that win back home for us. Awesome. Drikas, thanks for your time. Have and a we'll good one. Chat again. Thank you. Cheers.